Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to a post-Thanksgiving episode. Hello, Patrick. How you doing? Good, Jeff. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm good. It's, uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Pretty good. I work, but it was oh, a good day. Yeah. Okay. It was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I managed to get the day that day off. I couldn't get there any other day off, but I got that day off. So, yeah, we I cleaned for most of it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like work. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we had York's mom over for to join us for Thanksgiving and it was a good time. Ruth cooked a lot of really good food. So, and uh, I had to carve a turkey for the first time ever. I've never, never had to do it. And Ruth's like, all right, it's going to be ready for you to carve. I go ready for who to carve. Yeah. She's like you, I go me. I said, I said, you know, I'm not good with a knife. <laughs> I said, I said, uh, I don't know. She's like, you got this. I'm like, uh, all right. So I, so because I'm like, well, I'm going to, I can literally, you know, no pun intended, I could wing it or I could look it up. So I kid you not, I looked up a YouTube video on how to carve a turkey because never had to do it before. Yeah. Not really, you know. So, but apparently I did an okay job. So it was still edible, you know. There you go. Yep. The dog had no complaints. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was good. Yeah, we just chilled and the kids played some wee bowling and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. And then, uh, and then yesterday, uh, I got you know, I had to bring the tree down, even though I wanted to wait till December. Um, <laughs> to which Ruth is like, well, the first is on a Wednesday, so I don't know how you're going to do that. I go, well, I didn't say I was going to get down December 1st. I said I wanted to wait till after December 1st to at least the end of the month. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She goes, but then it'll be the 5th, so we'll only have like 20 days. I go, yep. (laughs) I said, yeah, about right. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. She goes, no, that's not going to work. So. I said, okay, find a place to put put it, and then I'll I'll go up in the attic. I'm not going up there bringing it down, just to, for it to stay in a box and us not to know where to, where it's going to go. And it be after and that it be after the first of December before we figure out a place for it. So, whatever. Anyways, it got put up out of the box <laughs> with ornaments. Um. So yeah, so that's all done. So. Done and over with. Um, but yeah, yeah. So other than that, good. Yeah. Um. So, Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I liked it. I liked the first two episodes. Yes. Of course, there's only four left now. So. Yeah. Is there only so, six? I think it's only six. Yeah. Yeah, that sure is. Well, that's yeah. sad. So I'm like, man, it's going to be really short. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah. I thought it may have been at least eight. But, eight um, or ten. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, uh. So. Well, that's yeah. very. 
That's very frustrating. But I did like how they incorporated the OG Avengers movie yep. to the beginning just to see how Kate Bishop ties in to the Hawkeye character. I was like, all right, that was cool. Yeah, and I like I'm like this is something that could be explored like with any character. Like mm-hmm. how either that or Sokovia or you know, even um uh, when Wanda blew up that one building in uh yeah. wherever. <laughs> wherever. Um you know, see how that affects others and then one way or another. I mean, I guess Sokovia we'd see because that's how we got Zemo, but sure. um but yeah, I like how, you know, uh, you know, basically norm, you know, normal non-Avengers, you know, experiences have then shaped the way that they've grown up. Yeah. And uh, everything. I I do really like it there. Um, I like how uh, they're really taking a lot of influence, we'll say, from the uh, Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye. He did. It's There's four trade paperbacks of it and uh, i mean i read all of it i just love it and granted uh in the comics kate bishop's a little bit older and uh hawkeye doesn't you know quint is not married he's single living in a tiny little rundown apartment um he's kind of retired from being in an avenger mm-hmm. and just trying to have a normal life and everything that uh you know, but the uh, tracksuit mafia, who is also featured in the show, which I love, is just as dumb and, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, slapsticky, I guess, as far as how it's being run yeah, or how it operates. Uh, I mean, they're not to be messed with, but at the same time, they're kind of they're kind of like mm-hmm. a mixture of of badass and three stooges at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like they're violent, but, you know, they can. But at the same time, they're not too smart on a lot of things and it's easy to pull one over on them. So yeah, I was like, uh, their name, you know, cause I hadn't read the comments, but I was like, that's, that's a pretty on the spot name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. It's freaking yeah. hilarious. I go, yep. cause nobody would, nobody in the right mind would actually have like a gang name like that. It's just, and that's probably not really their gang name, but that's just kind of the slang or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody. Yeah. So where do you call them that? Well, yeah. they wear tracksuits. Yeah. Makes sense. yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I thought the good episode, or the good episode, the first episode was good in the way that it set up a lot of what's about to happen. Second one kind of picked up a little more steam, actually having a little bit more action. Mm-hmm. Um, from the few people I've talked to about it that have watched it, they said that they enjoyed it. Uh, the ones they've talked to that haven't enjoyed it as much is because it's not a typical Marvel show. And uh, my buddy Brian said it's a lot more. He, well, no, uh, my buddy will said that he, he, he likens it more to like the Netflix uh, uh, Marvel shows. So yeah, I, I was like, I can see it. yeah, a little more ground, a little more dark. I mean, this one's not dark. It's no. a lot of humor, but it's in that kind of vein that it's a little more grounded. And yeah. And it's uh, at least at the moment. Uh, in the way that they're, you know, showing things. So, and, and I'm here for it because it's like a great, it's 
kind of like a buddy cop, but not really. It's just, you know, Clint's trying to train his protege. We find out Clint's now having to wear a hearing aid. Yep. And one of the best parts is like, why are you having to wear a hearing aid? And then it flashbacks to all the battles <laughs> that he's been in as an Avenger. And, yeah. and it's like, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like, yep, checks out. Yeah. I was like, wow, I don't know how, 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 <laughs> yeah, how, how more, you know, how more the Avengers haven't. Yeah. It's, you know, more surprising. At least the uh, non superpower ones, you know, like, right. Like Widow and all them. But, um, but yeah, that was a cool little montage. Just like, just sums it up quickly. Didn't have to really go to a long story. Just, there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, and I have a feeling that's probably going to end up playing more into the story as a as the episodes progress. Yeah. <clears throat> so. But, yeah, because you see Clint's a seasoned veteran. He knows how to handle things. And Kate's pretty novice. <laughs> yeah. Very, very uh, gung-ho about things. Doesn't really take her time. Think things no. out. She just kind of pushes forward and it's like uh we'll deal with the consequences as, yeah. as they come pretty much i had this great idea and then without actually trying to plan out that idea it just does it and then yeah yeah which you know it's something someone that is new at something will do true so especially when <laughs> you know you're with your you're pretty much your idol and you just get yeah. excited so yeah it's like the person who actually saved your life so who gets to who gets to do that not many Yep, exactly. So if you, I'm not really spoiling anything because if you look up on IMDb, it's going to be right there in front of you. It does have Florence Pugh as uh, as a credit, so she's going to show up at some point in the series. Yeah. So Yelena Bolova from from the Black Widow series is going to is going to show up. So yeah, get ready. Yep, get ready. Get ready. Um, I'd say at least within the next two episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely within the next three or four. <laughs> well, at least, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah I, I, that, that's exciting though. Yeah. But yeah, I'm on board. I'm ready. That, yeah, can't think of. I can't say anything bad about it because it's. I'm just enjoying it. It's such. A, such I cool. like that it's not your typical Marvel stuff. It's yes, it's different. They're just yeah. trying it's, different things, and that's the best. But that's yeah. kind of what Phase Four has been, really. Just kind of, we know what we have, but we got to do a little switch, change it up a little bit. Yep. Well, and especially when you, when you're thinking about the series that they've had. Mm-hmm. So One Division was kind of heavy. I mean, it's quirky, yeah. but still, you know, kind of towards it, it got a little heavy. And then. Falcon and Winter Soldier was heavy all the way through with a few parts that, you know, were kind of humorous. But yeah. for the most part, it was they tackled a lot of heavy topics and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so and then you get to Loki, which is a little more goofy, but still more laid more into the quirkiness. Mm-hmm. And this one's just more lighthearted, just fun, you know, run and gun fun, you know, things happen and but they're not really tackling like any heavy topics or anything. You know, social commentary is just, it's just some fun. Here you go. Yeah. Some more fun. And we're going to, we'll toss in some more stuff here in a little bit. So it's a Christmas show. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Enjoy. Yep. <clears throat> so one more thing I got to, uh, I, I mean, I fully threw them cause I, I'm a, I love it. Um, 
I never got this when CBS did their CBS all access streaming thing to try and get that to take off. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to their launch show to kind of get everybody to want to subscribe was the Twilight Zone. They brought it back. Jordan Peele brought back the Twilight Zone. I love the original, the OG Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been wanting to watch this, but I didn't have the, I wasn't going to just get CBS. You know, I wasn't going to get a streaming service for one show. Kind of like Disney Plus. I wasn't going to get it for one show. Turned out to be a good idea. <laughs> Got it for a lot of shows yeah. and movies. Um, but when, uh, you know, when they've kind of merged everything to Paramount Plus, I finally got around to watching it. And I watched, there's two seasons. So the first one came out April 1st of 2019. Great April Fool's joke, I guess. Um, there are 10 episodes in each season. Every episode has at we at minimum one to two big stars. Um, the first one is the comedian with uh, Kumail Nanjiani from The Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Morgan has like a little cameo, and then like a couple other people pop up. And it's basically about a comedian that's really struggling. He's trying to put some sort of bite into his routine, but it's not landing. People really aren't getting it. And so Tracy Morgan is this, you know, is a comedian that basically says, you know, you got to put yourself out there, but be careful when you do, because as soon as you put it out there, it's gone. You know, it won't be there anymore. Yeah. You will not have anything left of that to give. So he starts a routine Starts off his routine. He's joking and he jokes about like he has a nephew. He makes jokes about his nephew always on his phone and won't look up, blah, blah, blah. And everybody starts laughing. And he's like, all right. So he does more jokes about it. After his set is over with, he goes, you know, he comes off stage and then his nephew is nowhere to be seen. Because he's no longer there. And so he starts freaking out. And then even his his girlfriend's like, yeah, we, what nephew? Like, I don't have one. What are you talking about? And so he knows, he finally realizes what's going on. So he goes, he makes a list of basically all the people that have wronged him in his life and does jokes about him. And then they're not there anymore. <clears throat> it ends up coming to bite him in the butt in the end has most things in the twilight zone do. Yeah. And instead of joking about his girlfriend, which is pretty much the only person that's left, he makes a joke about himself. So therefore he's no longer there. So, uh, the second episode is my favorite one out of the, out of all 20. It's called nightmare at 30,000 feet. It has, it stars Adam Scott, uh, Chris Diamatopoulos. Um, and there is a, Basically, a journalist finds an MP3 player with a true crime podcast that details how the airplane he is currently on will disappear. So the entire episode is him listening to this podcast on this MP3 player, talking about his flight. And instead of listening to it all the way through, he's trying to solve it as he's doing it. And then, yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's my favorite one. I really don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to like 
be too spoilery, but yep. <clears throat> it's really good. And like the third episode replay, it's basically a a, a mom trying to going to drop her son off at college, but she's using a a camcorder because she used it to record his first steps. You know, walking. She's going to want to use the same thing to record his first steps into college. Mm-hmm. And they're at a diner. This local police officer shows up and it really kind of focuses like in on him. Like you can tell he's going to be the bad guy for whatever reason. And it's like a time loop type of thing. She has to hit rewind on the, on the uh, camcorder and then it'll rewind back to a specific time and then start over and they try and make different choices. Basically the police officer keeps pulling them over or stopping them for one reason or another. If things escalate, you know, and, yeah, every time until they could finally. Uh, yeah, it's and then uh, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Yu's in Yoon's in the uh, is in the fourth episode. I mean, it's just like I can go on and on. There's a another good one's number five, the fifth episode, the Wonderkind, where uh, where John Cho plays uh, plays a campaign manager that uh ends up being a part of a losing campaign and so his next one is he decides there's this kid that's been making youtube videos about if he were present that this is what he would do and the kid's played by jacob trembley and he talks about all the and just the popularity and everything's like i better get this kid elected yeah. So it's about him getting a kid elected and then what it's like to get an eight-year-old or 10-year-old kid elected as president and then how bad that is after he actually becomes president, that a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. So uh, also stars Allison Tolman, who I really like uh, as an actress. But yeah, it's – again, I can go on and on, It's but it's really good. The 10th episode of the – the last episode of the first season is called Blurry Man, and it stars uh, Zazie Beats and uh, Seth Rogen makes like a little cameo. But basically, uh, Sophie Gelson, a writer for the Twilight Zone, is haunted by a mysterious figure. So they go all meta on this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I won't get into the second season, but it's it's very cool to watch. I I really enjoyed it. It's and they're 42 minutes long. Most of them average about 42 minutes. Um, some are about 30, but like a traditional Twilight Zone episode yeah. would have been. But uh, these are a little bit longer. And yeah, no, it's it's to me if you like that sort of thing, it's definitely worth it, especially if you had the streaming service. So that's what I've been watching a lot of this week. <laughs> Righty. Um, I did finish that uh, Arcane League of Legends show. Uh, it does end where there's probably going to be a second season. Okay, cool. And uh, again, it's based on a video game that I'm not familiar with at all, but it does all of the world building in the show. Basically, saying you know, like you know, anybody who watches this is not familiar with the the game or the characters. No worries, because mm-hmm. we'll build it all up in the show. So maybe it'll inspire you to play the game. Either way, show's decent. Uh, then I finished True Story with okay. uh, Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. When I first read the description, basically he's playing a comedian. I was like, 
oh, so he's just playing himself. Yeah. But then after the first episode, I was like, oh no, this is this is this is so different. Like it's, okay. it's a serious it's a serious drama. Okay. And um, I wasn't expecting what what I got. You know, basically, okay. um, the tour stop in kids' hometown of Philadelphia becomes a matter of life and death for one of the world's most famous comedians. And so when I read that, I was like, it's just going to be a typical kind of Kevin Hart thing. But no, it's it's very serious. Um, he has a brother named Carlton who's very troubled. And anytime he comes into his life, kids' world just gets turned upside down, basically. And um, we learned that he's recently recovered addict, like alcohol and drugs and whatnot. So his manager and people around him on his team has warned him, like, you know, watch out for your brother because every time he comes around, we got to fix a lot of your problems. But, um, like, within the first episode, it deals with a dead model, and the rest of the season is how they deal with the consequences of that. And oh, it's just, okay. it's, it's very good. Based on... That's all I can say. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Okay. I'm sure something like yeah. this has happened to someone somewhere. Never. Never. <laughs> Maybe nobody famous. But, yeah. Then I've watched, like, um, shit. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah. watching it. I'm watching it slowly, but I watched the second episode <clears throat> and then. I watched the second episode of anime, which is a little different. But, um, yeah, I'm still kind of leaning toward probably just watching the anime first, then watch the show later. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's good. Action's a little better in the second episode. And, um, you know, chemistry's still there with the, the lead characters. And I think I'm going to like the show. I just want to watch the anime just to have a little background before I go yeah. into it. As far as TV, that's... I think that's pretty much all I watched this week. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. Um, I got subjected to <clears throat> watching uh, JoJo Siwa has some. Apparently, it's a competition show, but hell, if I you could tell me that it is, it's basically just their version of Dance Moms, which I cannot stand. I hate that show with a fiery, fiery passion. I don't hate the kids at all. I just cannot stand the parents, and yeah. it drives me just insanely mad <laughs> anyways the jojo competition one is not i don't even know the name of it i don't want to um it's basically her mom who is doing her best to seem like the dance instructor from the dance mom show now granted jojo was on dance moms and that's how she got her claim to fame was being on that and then somehow shot up like a shot up like a star but um but yeah her mom's doing her best uh impression of that but they're trying to make a girl group jojo's in it a little bit and uh i mean she's there but she's not like the primary focus right. so <clears throat> which is gonna be hard to do considering considering she's also on dancing with the stars so that makes it a little bit more difficult or at least was until they wrapped it up so um and then uh yeah these moms are just as bad and the kids are kind of yeah um but grayson likes watching it and it was yeah something 
So I told her we needed a break yesterday from yeah. anything. Like I need a break. You've had a day and a half. I need something else. <laughs> You're killing it, Smalls. A new stimulant. <laughs> yep. So I made her watch my neighbor's Totoro instead. So I was like, here, watch this. You kind of mentioned it when, because they're doing, a, I think the fifth is when they're doing their Fathom event, Studio yeah. Ghibli, uh, my neighbor's Totoro screening. So, yeah, I was like, here, we'll just put this on at home. We've got it at home. So I put it on there. So she liked what she saw of it. That's what I had on while I was putting the tree up and everything. Okay. Yeah, no JoJo today. Sorry. <laughs> it's bad enough. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, well. No worries. All right. You're first, buddy. All righty. So first movie I'm going to talk about was one that I was going to wait on, but decided to watch because it was kind of slim pickings as far as even though everything I watched is new that came out this past Friday, but wasn't really a lot of things that was interesting to me. But um, I ended up watching 8-Bit Christmas on HBO Max. Okay. And that was released Friday, November 24th. It has a nice sweet spot runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. Um, <clears throat> directed by Michael Douse. And it stars Neil Patrick Harris, Winslow Fegley, June Diane Raphael, David Cross, Steve Zahn, and Sophia Reed Gansert. Um, in 1980 Chicago, a 10-year-old sets out on a quest to get the Christmas gift of his generation, the latest and greatest video game system. So it basically starts off with father-daughter duo Jake and Annie, D- and a- Jake and Annie Doyle as they get ready for their family Christmas gathering. And... Um, Annie's kind of better than her dad wanting the phone because every time her friends try to get in touch with her, they have to text him or call him. That way she can talk to him. And so, you know, she makes a comment that, you know, I get more calls on your phone to me than you get for you, <laughs> which is which is true. Because <laughs> um, there's a scene where they're walking to where there's a Santa Claus in front of the store and he slips on ice and the phone call comes in and it's, it's for her. <laughs> so I was like, that's cute. Um so they get back to his parents' house, and you know she's still bugging him about the phone. So he takes her up to his old room, which has a Nintendo Entertainment System plugged up. And she's like, "I thought uh, Grandpa, Grandma, they didn't want you to have a video game system." So yeah, let me tell you a little story about how that when it came about. And you know she's kind of bored halfway through. She's like, "You know, can we get to get to the end already?" But by the end of the, you know, him telling the story, she gets more into it. So as the state takes place in the 80s, like late 80s, and the biggest craze is the new Nintendo Entertainment System. But there's one kid, he's rich, got money, is the only one in the neighborhood that has it. So he has everybody pretty much gathered in his front yard, and he chooses 10 people to come in to watch him play the game, basically. So half the time, they don't even get to play it. They just watch him. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... So it gets to the point where he actually gets the power glove. I remember, I think I've held the power glove maybe one time, but I never actually owned it. But he actually gets his butt whooped in the game and he gets so mad that he kicks a TV. Like literally drop kicks like um, Johnny K's shadow kick. (laughs) I was like, wow. Uh, Talk about your deep cuts. (laughs) And so 
course, the parents get mad about that. They don't blame him. They blame, I mean, they don't blame him even though he's psycho. He's literally, he's basically a psychopath. But they blame the video game and they work to get the system banned. Like, nobody needs to have this. Nobody needs to play video games. So, it's just, it's a lot of different little stories. Like, it kind of reminds me of a Christmas story. But instead mm-hmm. of an air rifle, everybody's wanting this, the Nintendo entertainment right. system, the NES. And um, they've got a bully, but he's kind of like a sometimes friendly bully, depending on... He's kind of an opportunist, you know. Gotcha. you got something he wants, to work with you. <laughs> but you got a kid that lies all the time, kid who gets sick off of SpaghettiOs, like projectile vomits. Like, Oh, my gosh. It's bad. It's bad. Ugh. It's Ugh. bad. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but the funny part about it, when they do it, you can tell he's got something, you know, how they have a little practical effects on the side. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't hide it too well, but it's still pretty funny. Um, but I thought it was a cool little Christmas movie. Um, I don't want to say too much more about it, but it's mostly dad telling the story and we're just watching as it unfolds. And, um, it's got, it's got a little heart in it too. That was cool. <laughs> but that is, yeah. that is, that is the gross moment. So if you're, yeah. not, if you're not a fan of, of that, right. uh, you'll know before it comes up. So, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a perfect one for York to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, mine's not that um, gross. <laughs> <laughs> As a, I'd like to, I would like to think a pretty good, a pretty big fan of the Duplass brothers, uh, Jay and Mark. Um, I found a, uh, New movie that Mark Duplass did. This one, I uh, posted the trailer and the article regarding uh, the movie or about how the movie got made on our Facebook fan group. Because I thought it was such a super cute movie. And I thought it was just a cool article about how they made the movie during quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it's not your tip. I went, They basically took... Because we've watched many a quarantine movie, you know, using, you know, how they use the zoom and all that to develop a story or put a story around it. Like was it locked up was one that we talked about last year that they made and, you know, it was okay. And it was trying to find some new, a new way to do it. This one used the story like, okay, well we're going to make this, but how do we do this? How do we build a story using this? So what they did was, By the way, movies language lessons uh, came out uh, this year. It's an hour and thirty-one minutes long. I think it came out in September. Um, hour and thirty min- thirty-one minutes long. It's an independent film. It's uh, a Spanish teacher and her student develop an unexpected friendship. Mark Dupas's partner, or Mark Dupas's character Adam, his partner got him Spanish lessons, and he's you know he was you come to find out he's actually pretty fluent, but he just wanted. To be more trying to get better as conversational. So for like a gift, he got him Spanish lessons via Zoom. So that's how you first find out. You know, that's how they communicate and they talk about. You know, kind of do introductions. And his his Spanish teacher's name is Carnino, played by Natalie Morales. Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales both uh, wrote the script in the movie. She directed the movie, and so you see them start to have conversation. And a lot of the conversations are in Spanish, which are subtitled. So 
even though this is an English-based movie, yeah. there are subtitles because it's they're speaking in Spanish. So you kind of have to figure out what they're, you know, so read what they're saying. After the first lesson, you um, Adam experiences a tragedy that then changes the relationship in their uh, in the way they are conversing and having their lessons. Uh, for a while, he's not making it to the lessons, so they're sending each other like video messages to each other. Uh, and you see them building this friendship. And the movie's not is about how do you have a platonic friendship? You know, where you're in love with somebody, but in a platonic way, but not not any romantic way. Well, one right. way to do it is to have one, of, you know, is to have your, I guess, your lead character, Adam, be, uh, you know, be homosexual. So therefore, there's no way that they're going to, that right there, it tells you that, okay, he's not in, he's not going to be into her because he's into, you know, he's into guys. So that's the, probably the easiest way to solve it, too. Um, but you see them through the course of this movie, through these video chats, building a friendship, building a relationship, now still doing talking in Spanish and trying to learn different things, but you see on both sides how they experience basically things that occur in their life that are personal that then become part of it. You see Carnino uh, show up and she's got like black eyes and stuff. So she tried to do it just audio, but the video kicked in, you know, kicked on for whatever reason. And so, of course, he's concerned because he seems to think that she's got like an abusive boyfriend, needs to get out of the relationship and all this. But he really doesn't know much about her. Just she knows more about him than he does her through this movie the you just see there's it's just very lighthearted, even though that didn't sound like it was very light. But you find out the real reason why she has the bruises and everything. And it's a very touching, very moving movie, but it's also got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of humor um it's just a very sweet movie and i really enjoyed it and you know kind of after watching some things that are a little heavy or you know especially after halloween watching some scary stuff it's kind of yeah. nice just to have something lighthearted and kind of sweet to watch nothing that nothing that really you had to concentrate too hard on i mean you had to because you had to be able to read what they were saying but as far as like the weight of the topic or what was you know, the movie was about wasn't as big an issue. You know, it's just, it's just a joy just to watch the two of them act and react. Um, and again, they're having to do all this via the computer and not in person. I mean, they, yeah, there's one scene they shot at the be- that's at the end of the film that they shot actually at the beginning. And then <laughs> that was, so they shot the ending first and then, filmed it, you know, did everything else. But I thought it was really cool how they did it. Um, it's cool to watch the different, at least in her apartment, how her apartment changes through the course of time mm-hmm. um, in different ways and uh, to mirror what's going on with the character. And really for him too, um, just his attitude and how he dresses and um, deals with grief. And yeah, it's pretty cool watch. I run, uh, I rented it on iTunes because it's not on streaming yet, unfortunately. So wherever you get your rentals, iTunes, Amazon Prime, wherever, you can find it. I would definitely recommend it. It's a sweet movie. Language Lessons. There we go. Switching platforms. I went watch this movie on Netflix, uh, Bruised, which was released November 24th, 2021. It has a runtime of two hours and nine minutes. <clears throat> 
this not only stars, but is also directed by Halle Berry, which is her okay. feature debut. She plays Jackie Justice, which is a former UFC fighter, MMA. Um, also starring in this, you have Shamir Anderson, Aiden Canto, Sheila Atim, or Atim, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson, Valentina Shevchikno. I may have, I think I got that right. Maybe. You got that one. That's an amazing. <laughs> and then uh, Danny Boyd, who plays her son, Manny. <clears throat> so it's about a disgraced MMA fighter who finds redemption in the cage and the courage to face her demons when the son that she had given up as an infant pretty much shows back up in her life. Okay. So it starts off showing her in a fight pretty much from her perspective where she's getting beat down. To the point that she eventually tries to run out of the cage, which is something you hardly ever see. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, or at least has been filmed running out of the cage in an MMA fight because she get beat down so bad. But we learn later why she did that. Um, but then we jump to four years later. She's basically cleaning houses, and she kind of ruins her job because the the son of the house owner as she's cleaning the house and she finds him recording her while she's changing clothes and so she tries to you know get his get his phone so she he can delete it but he she pushes him on the ground breaks the phone right as the time his mom shows up and so she just runs out you know it's like well this is done um but she later by her boyfriend slash manager kind of gets tricked back into the fighting game so to speak when he takes her to this underground fight ring where there's this really strong looking woman that, with the nickname Werewolf who basically lays out this one fighter. And so while Jackie's trying to leave, yeah, the werewolf gets in her face, starts promote, provoking her and everything. So even though she takes a few licks, she eventually takes out this woman <laughs> and it surprises everyone. They're like, well, damn, she still got it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so she starts training with, well, she's, she's told by Immaculate, played by Shamir Anderson, to go meet up with uh, Budokan at his, at his um, I guess it's called Dojo. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's played by Sheila Atim. And, you know, she's got some kinks to work out. It's been four years since she's fought and everything. And for the most part, it's just by her trying to get back in the ring shape. But then it's around the same time. Her mom, who she's estranged from, shows up at her house with her son that she left, you know, has, str- has left uh, stranded after the father dies. You know, he was living in Florida with the son and then he ended up dying after being shot. And so his then girlfriend was like, yeah, I don't I don't need his son. He's not here. So I'm going to, you know, send him to his grandma and grandma has her own little business that she has. So she can't take care of him. So she takes him to, to mom said, well, it's time for you to basically step up and do the mommy duties. So she's kind of balancing, trying to make a connection with her son who doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk. He hardly shows any emotion whatsoever. He has issues with touching. Like she wants to hold his hand while they're walking on the street, but he just kind of hooks onto the side of her jacket and walks with her. But he, he doesn't say anything at all. And you get, you see a video 
there's a phone in his in his belongings and it's a video of him and his dad at a at a keyboard singing the song it's just the two of us just singing that song and and uh there's a scene later where that song comes back up and he kind of just breaks down crying and whatnot so it's got some some emotion in it um so immaculate gets her set up and ready for a championship fight even though she hasn't fought in four years which you know it's more like marketing here you go you got this this fighter who before her last fight was 10 and 0 and the big history is that she ran from her last opponent so now she's going to get a championship shot which you know he doesn't expect her to win you know she'll get so much just for showing up and then so much if she happens to win but it's more about her struggle outside of the ring you know she's got yeah. her manager boyfriend issue the trying to become mom something she hadn't done and then she's developing a relationship with her trainer and you know it's just it's a cool little dynamic it's not i mean it's you can tell you know this is Halle Berry's first directorial uh effort but it's not bad it's cool not the best thing but it's not it, it's it's good it's a good movie i think it's worth checking out it's on streaming so okay only thing you'll be paying is time. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got the time, I think it's worth it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's switching things up yet again. Uh, during the during our day of JoJo, I asked her, <laughs> basically, if you wanted to keep watching, I'm like, why don't we watch a movie at least? I don't want to. I don't know what to keep watching. I'm like, all right, let's watch a different JoJo. <laughs> Told her to go, go on Paramount Plus or Go to Paramount Plus. I said, uh, there's a movie. I think it's called The J Team or something like that. Uh, I said, I've been trying to get Grayson to watch this because I know if she watched it, she would love it. Yeah. Basically, JoJo made a movie. And, uh, yeah. She put it on. So we watched The J Team uh, on Paramount Plus. This is Nickelodeon's first live-action movie that went straight to streaming. So it stars, uh, forgot when it came out, but it came out this year, a um, couple months ago. Rated G, uh, hour and 24 minutes long, starring JoJo Siwa as herself. Uh, Tisha Campbell, damn Gina, <laughs> as Coach Poppy, a.k.a. I guess you could say the villain. Um, and then uh, a host of very, a bunch of you know people that I've never heard of. So a bunch of people I've never heard of. It was written by Edie Fay, who uh, she's got a lot of TV credits. Uh, she wrote, full, you know, the Fuller House, wrote on that, and she played Chunk's brother in Goonies, or sister. I mean, she played Chunk's sister, older sister, in Goonies. There you go, little uh, the more you know type of thing. Anyways, uh, it was directed by Michael Wimbeck, who has directed a ton of TV. Yeah. Uh, a ton of TV. Also directed The Tooth Fairy with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a movie we have discussed on this very uh, podcast. And then, like some episodes of the old of the newer Murphy Brown, and then like all kinds of stuff. Uh, I know uh, Two Girls, a Guy in a Pizza Place, uh, Californication, the Santa Claus movies. Yeah, and then. Uh, like a few episodes of Friends, it's Mad About You, Veronica's Closet. I mean, just going really far back. Uh, but yeah, it. So JoJo is kicked out of her dance troupe and finds out what dancing truly is. Basically, 
her original teacher, Val, decides she's going to retire. Yep. She's, and the person who she's handing the studio over to is Coach Poppy. And she's definitely a more authoritarian style. Um, no fun, just, you know, uh, dance attire is gray. <laughs> no color, no bows, no sparkles or glitter or any of that kind of Nothing shimmery and shiny, just very bland. Yeah, in literally uniform. After the first competition, JoJo during the first competition, she kind of breaks out of out of the formation. I guess you could say if you're part of Beyonce's group, she'd be the one breaking formation and getting out and doing her own thing. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so she ends up getting kicked off the team. Finds while she's you know walking her dog and then doing the dance, you know, sing a dance number. These players on the soccer team and some of their friends have a lot of different kind of moves related to sports, but those moves can also be translated to dance. So they then become part of this dance troupe and also known as the J team. And they then compete against Coach Poppy and her old troupe. And it's funny because they're trying to be, you know, their Poppy's team is all. uniformed and playing colors and different things, but they're actually fairly decent as far as dancing. It's, I mean, it, it's not great dancing, but they're, it's uniformed and it's very, you know, choreographed. It's, (laughs) um, Jojo's team's definitely more individualistic. You know, they want them to be themselves and not feel like they have to be all wearing the same thing. Until it's the final competition, the final dance, and then it's that's a little different. <laughs> but um, and I found that kind of funny. But it is definitely hitting their target demographic: um, girls, Grayson's age, and young, maybe a few years younger. Um, we'll say five to twelve, maybe. That's hitting that demographic. There's a lot of singing. Uh, a lot of dancing, original music, I guess I should say. Um, one thing I read was that Nickelodeon basically told JoJo that she's not allowed to perform any of the songs from the movie on her upcoming tour. Wow. Yeah. Nope. Nope. They want free promotion? I guess not. <laughs> like, bro, I'd wow. take whatever you can get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they. Pre- but I guess, I guess the JoJo fans have. St- stood up and kind of demanded. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Jojo fans have stood out with her telling Nickelodeon to give back her rights to her songs. So uh, that has not, I haven't heard. And that was back in September 14th, I guess. Um, yeah. That's all, you know, kind of a not cool move from Nickelodeon. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't get it either. I mean, she, yeah. So they're, they're, they're going all T Swift on her. So pretty soon Jojo will be releasing an album with <laughs> called Jojo's version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'll probably climb to the charts and everything else. But I mean, it's, it's not the, it's definitely better than the show. Um, the movie's not overly annoying for parents. Um, it's very, yeah, upbeat and happy. Um, you never see Jojo's parents in the film, so that's kind of weird. 
You see her getting up out of bed and getting ready and going out the door, but you never actually see her parents. I'm like, is she, (laughs) does she, uh, what do you call it? I can't. Yeah. Where do you live by yourself? Um, I was like, dang, all right. No, it's cute. It's cute. It's, it's exactly, this movie was made exactly for, you know, those fans and everything. And it succeeded. I mean, it, it's cute. And, you know, it's songs are catchy. Kids will be wanting her to sing them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Let me talk to you about copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. I got a story. Uh, but yeah. So J team also on Paramount plus, um, your boys will probably won't like, I mean, if you're anybody like York, you know, he was happy to stay upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Work on his Minecraft. <laughs> And that's what I got for this week, buddy. All right. Um, briefly before I get to my main event movie, I watched, I uh, um, downloaded the Hoopla app where you can connect your library and you can check out yeah. movies and all mm-hmm. that. So I tried it out for the first time. And so we, we've all watched Dune. We've talked about that previously. Yes. So I, I've mentioned this studio before, The Asylum with their mm-hmm. knockoff of popular um, movie, popular franchises. Basically, they did their version of Fast and Furious. So here they have their own Dune called Planet Dune. <laughs> How so original. It's, I'm not going to talk about it a lot. The most thing that stands out is they actually got Sean Young to appear in this. No kidding. Yeah, because I was looking at it, I was like, man, I know she, I look, I, I recognize her from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's the only person in this movie that I reckon that I that I recognize. So I went on IMDb and it's like, wow, she's in this. And then of course she was in the original Dune. Right. So I was like, man, did she just not get a cameo for the new one? So she said, well, let me go here, or I'm not doing anything, so I'll spice up your your Planet Dune movie. But um, that that that's all I want to say about that. Just the fact that she's in it. <laughs> Wow. She's not in it a lot, but she's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, found that interesting. I mean, the movie's an hour and 26 minutes. And it's <laughs> still... I'll say, even though it's not good, it's probably one of the better Asylum movies that I watched. Yeah. It's more in- interesting, but... Yeah. But yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Let's get to my well, main and, event. Oh, what's going I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just... The effects don't look bad. I mean, no, I mean it's one of the better that, looking. I mean, yeah, I mean it. I mean it doesn't. It looks like you know the like it would be on par with like Resident Evil two or three. Yeah. Okay, no one or two, not three. Three is actually when they start putting a little more money into it. But I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking hey, speaking of Resident Evil. Yeah. Figure <laughs> it'd be a good segue. Segue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I went, I, I made my, my, I guess my sole venture to the theater. Uh, I was going to take Kyla to see this, but she ended up going home early. So I went ahead and checked it out yesterday. Uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. It was also released Friday, November 24th. This has a runtime of an hour and 47 minutes. Directed by Johannes Roberts. And it stars Kaya... Scodelario, who plays Claire Redfield. Common spelling. Yep. <laughs> Hannah John Kamen, uh, who plays Jill Valentine. Robbie Amell plays Chris Redfield. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, Tom Hopper plays Albert Whisker. Avon Jogia plays Leon S. Kennedy, who at first, when I saw the pictures in the trailer, I thought that was Carlos. As <laughs> able to, because he looks like him. You know, if anybody knows Leon Kennedy, he's, he's blonde. <laughs> but I think his hair does get darker later in yeah. certain games. Um, you have Donald Logue, who plays Brian Irons, who's the chief of police. And then um, Neil McDonough, who I talked about previously in yep. another movie, plays uh, William Birkin. So, <laughs> so as far as the Resident Evil movies, I think I'd only watched the first three of the Mila Jovovich versions, mm-hmm. um, where they don't, they're not really too faithful to the yeah. game, except for maybe some character names and whatnot. Here, they're a little more grounded in the source material a little bit. Okay. Um, but this movie is set in 1998. The origin story explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer Mansion in the ill-fated Raccoon City. So it's based on not one, but two Resident Evil games. The first one, one and two, they kind of mash them together. And Raccoon City is left desolate after Big Pharma, Umbrella Corporation, pretty much sucked to drive life. And something in the water is making people sick to the point where people actually, their tears are blood. Oh, like, okay. It's fun to see. And the citizens are slowly turning into the undead creatures of the night. Um, you have kind of a backstory for Claire and Chris, which I know I was reading that there was a they they were in an orphanage, Raccoon City orphanage, which I don't know if that's their their origin, but it just kind of I guess established their relationship and connection to William Birkin. But they become estranged, and it kind of you have different set pieces and things they pull from the game that you'll be like, oh, I recognize that, or I recognize that. But I guess if you say, they, you know, if you have the source material and you do your own kind of adaptation, this yeah. is different. Gotcha. <laughs> it's a little different. It does, you know, it kind of does stick with some of the source material a little bit, but um, yeah, it's okay. Like, when I was looking at it like a uh, action zombie flick, it's fine. But then when you add in the whole Resident Evil element, eh, some I, I don't know. This might please some people, but I think it's probably going to make a lot of folks mad. <laughs> or just or just not satisfy. That's it. So it's another res- so it's a Resident Evil movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Like it's some going to weed people mad. <laughs> I mean, some pros. You know, it's got intense zombie action. Uh, then again, the set piece and locations pulled directly from the game because they have... The RPD police station, everything from the, the information desk, then the big statue in the middle of the precinct. Um, you have the trucker that gets bitten in Rex's truck. Instead of being bitten by a zombie, he's bitten by his dog who eats, or for some reason, the blood of a zombie that he hits. <laughs> it's, um, and then it's like they're fast-tracked it a lot. <laughs> So mm. the main character is not clear. So I'm thinking maybe our popular video game characters kind of share the role of main character because there's no real maybe maybe Claire's the main character, but you know, they could pretty much be anybody. And then they kind of ruin Leon's character 
you know, if you've played Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 4, you know how you know, badass he is. Mm-hmm. Here, he's basically the butt of jokes. Mm. <laughs> yes, he's a rookie, but he's the butt of jokes, and he doesn't really come back from that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a movie that exists. <laughs> <laughs> They should put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Tagline. Patrick Terry, bother- the movie that exists. <laughs> I think what bothered me is how, you know, you, you got these two video games that you're combining. I think they should have just focused on one and just did that. Then you have a full sequel. Just do, like, you know, the first movie is the first game. Second movie is the second game. Because you have characters that coexist that don't meet till later. And it just... Even though it's a different take on it, it's just it just it's, I couldn't help but think about Resident Evil how things are, and um, but if you go in just looking at it like a zombie action movie, mm-hmm. it's fine. Okay, just there you go. forget that it's related to Red Resident Evil. Oh they my just, god, it's like watching Snake Eyes. Forget yeah. that it's associated with GI Joe and just go in and knowing that it's a just an action movie. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because. <laughs> If leave your reservations at the door, yes. <laughs> expectat and definitely your expectations. Yeah, because I was I was watching this two ways: one, zombie action movie; yep. two, Resident Evil movie. Which that side wasn't too happy. Yeah, just should have watched that side in the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you do go watch it, it does have a post credit scene, like midway. There's nothing at the very end, but okay. midway through you mid- have that. That kind of teases at a sequel, um, which it might get. I don't know. I, Cause I mean, I would almost say that this is kind of world building, getting you the characters and whatnot, and then maybe they'll expand on it the next one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, next one, next one will be out in six months. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be done by the asylum. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, bless. Uh, all right <laughs> well there you go people he saved the best for last <laughs> uh, i was gonna be nicer to it but yeah. no you're like nah, i can't i'm trying but no nah. i want it to but uh, sometimes it's hard yeah patrick this may be your movie you had to make amends with possible i know i know one so, of my movies is gonna be i'm gonna try to give jojo rabbit a shot later okay. again Okay. You know, I did think it was a good movie, but I didn't like it. So we'll see if I like it. <laughs> so two of the ones that I have picked out, mm-hmm. I want my kid. I want to make my kids suffer through them because I want to see what they think. One of them is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Everybody knows how much I do not like that movie <laughs> ever since a kid. But I'm going to try and rewatch it. And, but I want them to watch it with me because I want them to have as many terrified nightmares as I had, because that's what good parenting is all about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is to is to have your kids have the same fears you did. In fact, um, the owner of little people has his. <laughs> yes. Uh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's one of my. I already forgot the second one, but I already had two. But I wanted both. I wanted them to watch it with me to see if they had the same reaction I did when I was growing up. So well, I just thought of another one. Yeah. Cats. You're going to watch cats again. Are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I made amends with that the first time. 
But I'm going to give Wing Commander another shot. Yeah. So I remember just hating that movie. If you if you do choose to rewatch that, okay? Yeah. Rewatch it with this in mind, okay? Pretend that they're trying to make Top Gun a futuristic Top Gun. Futuristic Top Gun. There you go. Because <laughs> I think I'm one of three people that like that movie. But that's yeah. mainly because it's a futuristic Top Gun. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the video game. Yeah. At all. I think it's just having it never played the video be, game, it was a lot easier for me to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it so, could be just the times, you know. Yeah. Plus, my standards were a lot lower uh, during that time period. Yeah. But what I found enjoyable. So, so before I, I got boot, I did try watching it again, but I don't think I made it through it. So. Oh, I've had it on VHS <laughs> and DVD. It's like, but thankfully they're five dollars. You know, both times yeah. so I spend too much on it. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Wing Commander, Chucky Cairo, Freddie Prince Jr., Matthew Lillard being Matthew Lillard. Uh, was that Saffron Burroughs? Trying to think who else is in that. Yeah, God's terrible that I know that much about that movie. <laughs> just off the know. top, just <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, off the top like that. Um, yeah, it's definitely not great movie but i found it entertaining like i knew it wasn't a great movie but i knew it was also entertaining to me yeah. and so you know in the end that's I mean, kind of all that matters i mean if i could watch it at least be entertained this time because i wasn't the first time mm-hmm. then that'll, that'll be a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i'll think it's a good movie but at least i'm more entertained this time than it will have okay. done its job the second time there you go. or or it's probably more times so I've tried to watch it before. I just couldn't get through it, but I'm going to push through this time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, we will start our movie. We will have uh, next week. We'll start on the next episodes when we'll start um, kind of trying to make amends with some movies that we've watched in the past that we just do not like. But you know what? It's time to let that go. So. At least give it a shot to see. At least give it a it. shot. Exactly. <laughs> and then you can still say, you know what? I watched it. I gave it another shot. I'm sorry. This is a bad movie. <laughs> but it'll be, I guess it'll be summed up as it's, uh, it's not for me. Type yeah, deal. pretty much. Yeah. I'm glad it's for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Um, the only trailer out is there's a new trailer for Rumble, the animated movie. Um, that basically is coming. It's coming to Paramount Plus December fifteenth, and also theaters. So they're trying to get in on that action. Yeah. Um, it's basically about. It's about a, in a world where monster wrestling is a global sport and monsters are superstar athletes. Teenage Winnie uh, seeks to follow in her father's footsteps by coaching a lovable underdog monster into a champion. Uh, starring the voice talents of Will Arnett, Ben Schwartz, Terry Crews, Geraldine Biswanathan, uh, Jimmy Tatro, Tony Danza, and Bridget Everett. So, so yeah, December 15th to Paramount Plus and theaters. That's it. Coming out this week on York's 11th birthday, so... 
very exciting. Uh, Silent Night and Wolf are coming out. Not the Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer Wolf, but a new one. Yep. <laughs> so, and then uh, on the 10th, we've got West Side Story. Uh, becoming the or being the Ricardos, Encounter and Agnes, and then finally the seventeenth, we have Spider-Man No Way Home, Nightmare Alley, and Swan Song. So Spider-Man tickets went on sale failed today. Well, I got mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go early. Right as of right now, I'm gonna try to go that morning. So okay. there's like a ten ten showing. So. That'll be enough time to watch and yeah. still get to work. So, and have a fairly empty theater. One would think. Well, maybe. One would I think, think that's that is start of winter break though. So yeah. yeah, maybe not. As of right now, there was only three other people that have got their tickets, but I'm sure by that time the movie it will comes be out. Be full. Yeah. That's why I got the corner. I'm not in the middle. I got <laughs> yep. the corner. I don't want to be in between anybody. Um, I'll be cool with somebody on my my left. Yep. <laughs> On your left. On my left. (laughs) (laughs) I guess cool. Uh, Okay. Cool, man. Um, And just to round out the month, um, on the 22nd, Sing 2, Matrix uh, Resurrections, The King's Man, and then Christmas Day, Licorice Pizza, Tragedy of Macbeth, 824's Tragedy of Macbeth. Should be good. uh, Yep. (laughs) American Underdog uh, and A Journey for Jordan. So that's also not counting whatever comes out on streaming. So fun times, fun times. Good month ahead. Yep. But oddly enough, other than like House of Gucci, I haven't really seen anything that's really trying to be Oscar bait. I mean, it's this time of year, man. That's when all that's supposed to be. Or at least you start hearing about movies. I haven't heard much, yeah. which is very, very odd. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, me either. So I guess it'll be a late push or something. It's, as it usually is. So, yep, January will be popping probably. Yeah. So. All right, brother. Well, I guess uh, I guess I will holler at you next week, and. You know, wish York an early, happy 11th birthday. Happy early birthday. Yeah, man. 11 years ago this Friday is when I became a parent. It, it was apparent that I was a parent. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, stupid joke, Dad. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, we're apparently doing an escape room for his birthday. Ah, so. Yeah, because... But no, it sounds like it'll be interesting, say the least. So it's not like the movie. Exactly. No. Right. <laughs> we'll watch it first. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. So, yeah. Check this out. Yeah. So you check. don't have any. You don't have any issues with anybody that might want to. Yeah. <laughs> Better. Right. Do you, do you appreciate up. life? Yes. <laughs> Make amends right now. How yes. good are you at this? <laughs> like, know you and your other smart friends are yes. good, but how good? Yes. <laughs> All right, my friends, thank you for listening. We'll see you in December. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. 
also recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.